All right, welcome to another episode of Christ Community Church Podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, the senior pastor at Christ Community Church, and I'm here with... Neil Grogan, the associate pastor of Christ Community Church. And this week, we want to spend some time talking about a Bible study method that we're going to be encouraging and training people to use in our our DG. So what what is a DG, Neil? Right, so a DG is a discipleship group. And so it's a smaller group that form, forms out of our community groups Okay, uh, that's gender specific. It gives our body a opportunity to get some theological training, to study the word together, go deep together and have accountability, have access to accountability with other like-minded individuals. And these DGs will be alternating between going through a book of discipleship, mm-hmm. like how to... Uh, how how to pray scripture right family worship right and in between those we'll be doing books of the Bible right which will set up like as as we our preaching schedule uh, comes forward like we're about to go into James right so in we're the new year in the new year practical faith right so our DGs are about to start studying in depth through James which will kind of give them a foundation as we preach and proclaim um, the word from from James and it gives everybody kind of an understanding base, baseline understanding as we then hammer those points later. Mm-hmm. So the it's kind of in my mind like a one two punch, mm-hmm. right? With with how to study the word. So one of the the skills we want every person in our church to have is how to study the Bible. How do I read the Bible? How do I meditate on scripture? How do I put it in my heart? Um, because man, that's how we renew our mind with the washing of God's word, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's top tier for, for what we're trying to do as a church body. Yeah. Because we, we want people to use the Bible rightly. Right. Um, I, I heard, I heard a great illustration about how some preachers use the Bible. They said some preacher, some preachers use the Bible the way a drunk man uses a lamppost, <laughs> more for support than illumination. Right. Like they just open up the Bible, and they have what they want to say, and then they find a verse that kind of relates to what they want to say. But we're saying that's not what we want to do. Right. We want to go to the Bible, let the Bible speak, let God speak for himself. Right. And we don't want to abuse it. We want to handle the Word of God rightly. Right. And uh, another point is that, man, the congregation is called to hold us as the pastors accountable for the handling of God's Word as well. As we proclaim His excellencies to one another, um, man, I I want our congregation to go, hey, uh, you know, Pastor Neil, you're you're kind of off the mark there. Can we talk about that? Mm. Oh, man. You're right, I was, so that I can correct that, so I can clean it up, you know. Hopefully that never happens. Because we're not infallible. Right, but we're not infallible. We're very, very fallible. But the Word is infallible, and it's inerrant. No doubt. So we're we're talking too much here, so let's jump into this Bible study method. Uh, This is a a Bible study method that's been around for years. Um, You didn't invent it? I I did not invent this. I I kind of (laughs) put together a, a, a worksheet and a format whenever I was a youth pastor to train students how mm. to read the Bible and actually lead Bible studies for themselves. Right. Uh, that's based out of the Word. You're, you're digging into the Bible itself. And it's really broken into three parts. It's broken into observation, like what does the Bible say? It's broken into interpretation, what does the Bible mean? And then it ends with 
application. How does it affect my life? Right. Uh, so let's let's break our time up into three sections here. Let's begin with observation. Well, what? Well, does hold on. Say? What? What is the, this kind of study? Is it a it's, deductive yeah, study? Is it yeah. inductive we study? We call it an, an, an inductive study. Inductive study. Um, What's that? It's like a. It's a. It's it's an exegesis. It's a, it's a light <laughs> exegesis. It's what you're you what you're saying is you're going to the Bible, and you're trying to understand what it actually means. So the goal mm. of the Christian is to say whenever Paul wrote this book, or when Matthew wrote this gospel, or when Moses wrote the the Pentateuch, when whenever you read the text, you your ideal, what you really want, is to get what the author intended. Right. Uh, we want to draw the meaning out of the text right. rather than impose meaning onto the text. Mm, which is exegesis versus eisegesis, yeah, exegesis right? Exegesis is you're drawing out truth from the text. Eisegesis is you're reading into the text. Right, so our aim should be as we read the word to surrender whatever presuppositions we may have and, right. and, and, and to discover what God would have us learn, not what I want the Bible to say. Yeah, and, and we can never come to the Bible as a blank slate. Like sure. We're always going to be bringing ourselves to the Bible. <clears throat> but the goal is is let's get a method mm. that that restricts us from right. abusing the Scripture with our own presuppositions. Right. right. Yeah, so good bumper rails here. Yeah, for sure. So the first step is observation. We want to know what the text says. And so one of the things I always told my students um, was we can't know what a text means until we know what it says, Mm -hmm. which means we can't apply the text rightly until we know what it says. And so what what type of questions would you ask if you wanted to observe a text and know what it says? Right. Well, number one, I want to know who's writing it, who's talking, right? So the who, what, when, where, why, how questions are really easy baseline observation questions. Yeah, it's like, it's it's like when you're in elementary school right. back when back when there were journalists and <laughs> and and they said you want to ask questions like a journalist, mm. you'd ask who, what, when, where, why, and how. Right. So if you were reading a text, you say, all right, who's involved here? Right. Who's involved in this text? Yeah. Uh, and then what? But what you're doing is you're really letting the text be the answer. Mm. And what you're doing is you are forming a question off of the answer that the text is giving you. Right. And so I, I think we might do another podcast after this where we're actually walking through a text yeah. to, to better explain it. That's a great uh, idea. But yeah, so that's what you're doing. So you what you want to start at the top of your verses and work your way through, chronologically through your verses. Right. Finding how many questions you can ask about the text. Right. That the text in front of you can answer can answer yeah yeah so i I lead lead a lot of the mighty oaks guys through this the veterans ministry i work for and uh one of the things that i i see every single time is they want to answer the questions without looking at the text right so it really forces us to go no, let, I got to look at what's going on here. I'm not trying to answer things based on what I know. Well, we want deep answers, right? Right. We, we want we want a deep answer. We want a critical answer. Mm-hmm. But th- these are not critical thinking type of questions. This is just straight up obvious 
it's right in front of you. And if you're asking a question that's not right in front of you in the text, then you're, you're kind of asking the wrong question. Right, absolutely. Yeah, John Piper has this cool uh, illustration he uses called from the Look at the Book series. Mm-hmm. And he basically says, like, man, there's this little kid who's in a science class. And the assignment the science teacher gives to the little kid is to observe this fish that's in a fishbowl. And he says, write down all the things that you see mm-hmm. on the fish, right? And he writes down, you know, it's got scales, it's got two eyes, it, it's it got fins, you know, et cetera. He goes back to the, the science teacher and he says, uh, here's what I saw. This is what I observed of the fish. And the science teacher, go back and, and, and fill out some more. And so each time the kid... Uh, fills out more and more from observing that fish to where, you know, new wonders and new understandings of new things you never thought of from the fish, from looking at the fish that he could have ever thought about. And so observation really helps us to stop, slow down, look at what's truly going on before we try to interpret how it works. Right. And how and how to, how it moves, you know. And, and when you're asking these questions, these simple questions about the text, what you end up doing is to do it right. Right. You have to actually read the text time and time right. again. And what it does is 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 it keeps you from being too familiar with the text. Because mm. sometimes if you're familiar with the text, you kind of think, "Oh, I know what it says." Yeah, I glaze over it. And you just kind of go over it without thinking about it deeply. Mm. This causes you to really slow down to right. really know. What it's saying. So, so what do we do after we observe the text? Well, then we would uh, interpret the text. We would say, what does it mean? What is it saying, right? Okay, yeah. And so th- this is a pretty big question. Hmm. And if you're just reading your Bible devotionally in an inductive way, uh, you, you're not going to be digging into commentaries here. Right. But if you are there without commentaries, you're not wanting to go that in depth, but you're just trying to get to the a, a quick but accurate meaning, what are some questions you could ask? Yeah, I always say, what does it say about God and his grace uh, and or his grace? Uh, What does it say about man and his sin? Um, uh, Are there any examples to follow or commands to obey? Uh, Are there any promises to claim? Those are kind of the, the baseline ones. I think we can tease those out further. Yeah. So I think, I think we begin with what does the Bible say about God? And And for me, why do we start with that? Because the, I always always tell people because the Bible is not primarily about us. Right. Like when we approach the Bible, lots of times the first thing we want to ask is, what does this say about me? Mm-hmm. But the Bible's not primarily about me. The right. The Bible's not primarily about you. Right. It's primarily about God and his interactions with humanity. So one of the big pitfalls that I hear when people are studying the Bible is like, what this means to me. What this means yeah. to me, phrase all the time, and man, we don't want, we don't, we shouldn't care about what this means to us. We want to know what this means to God. Yeah. What is God trying to say? Uh, one way to think about it is like, you know, I was in the military, and so when we got a mission, we got it from some commander, mm-hmm. and we we had to look at this mission and try to understand the commander's intent for this mission. Mm-hmm. So I didn't just go on some mission downrange and doing whatever I wanted, right? I was trying to execute exactly what the commander's intent for that mission was. And so in the same way, we look at the text and we're trying to understand what God's intent is here. And so, man, that's we start with what is the Bible saying? What is this text saying about God, mm-hmm. his character, is whatever, you know? 
Um, and that keeps us from looking at ourselves too hard, making ourselves yeah. a hero of the story. Well, and I like that because you said people oftentimes say, well, what this means to me. Right. And the commander's intent really, really echoes what R.C. Sproul said. And R.C. Sproul said that every text has one meaning. Right. And so if you say, well, this is what it means to me, you're saying there are as many meanings as there are people. Right. But there's just one meaning. Right. You can have infinite numbers of applications of right. how it applies to you, but the meaning is singular. And it, it comes from God. meaning. <laughs> it comes from God, and it's in His Scripture. And we're like miners trying to dig deep to find out what that meaning is. So that's Absolutely. why we begin with the question, what does it say about God? What are his actions? What character does it show? Right. Uh, but we really want to ask, and, and I go in the chronological order here too. Start in the first verse, work my way down verse by verse right. of what does it say about God. Mm. And then we go to the next question of what does it say about man? Right. Yeah. What, I, and I always tag on like, and his sin. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Fallen man. Right. I need to understand my fallen condition because it helps when I get later to application, helps me see like what the Bible is prescribing my need is to come out of this fallen condition into someone who's trusting and following and being obedient to whatever God has told me in the text. Yeah. Right. Or whatever the text is saying for me to do. And I always ask a question generally rather than specifically. Right. I'm still not asking what does this say about me yet. Right. Because what I've found, and I'm, I'm always nicest to myself. You know, like someone says, Stephen, what, what's your issue here? It's like, I, I've got no issue. I'm good. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm kindest to myself my own sin, but I'm really good at seeing how other people are broken and sinful. So mm-hmm. I know this is a little bit of a mind trick for myself. But I'm asking the question, what does this say about fallen man, fallen humanity? Right. Because I see everyone else's sin and brokenness. But in my mind, I also know that everybody else's brokenness is also my brokenness. Right. And sometimes it's not like the text doesn't give it real black and white for you. You have to think of the antithesis to what it's saying. So, like, I was studying through the Lord's Prayer and preaching on. Uh, the uh, 11 through 15 on Sunday. And one of the uh, verse 12, you know, talks about forgive, uh, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, or we forgive debtors. Right. right. And uh, that's how the ESV articulates it. And so right there is telling you to do something, right. It's telling you an, an immediate need, like you need this. So if that's my need, then the, the issue is that, is unforgiveness is that I don't want to forgive a debt, yeah. someone who owes me something like that's my fallen condition. Right. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, no, we, we forgive those people as we seek forgiveness from God. So sometimes commands connotate that they're or kind of indicate, right. Command, not connotates, uh, indicates yeah. that there is a reason why that command is being given. Right. If he's saying, be thankful, it's because we're not showing thankfulness. Right. If he's saying rejoice, it's because we might be despairing. Right. Uh, so that that kind of is an, a way to get to what does this say about fallen man. Right. And I think the whole time we're reading this, one of the things that we're wanting to do is is we're thinking about cross-references. Mm. Uh, and one of the reasons why we want to cross-reference is because it, it's other... Pa- well, first of all, <laughs> let me explain what a cross-reference is. Yeah, is uh, it, does it mean it's a reference to the cross of Christ? Right. And, uh, 
course, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 I make that, we make that joke because I've been, I've, I've taught classes before on this and, and I have students, I'll just, I just would throw cross-reference out there like, all right, we need to find cross-references and, and students would say, well, do you mean like references to Jesus on the cross? It's like, well, no, a cross-reference <laughs> is other verses and passages in the Bible that speak to the same issue as right. the one you're reading. Or are quoted. Or, or, yes. Yeah. And so you're, you're thinking about other passages in the Bible mm-hmm. because we believe that the Bible interprets itself. Right. Scripture interprets Scripture. Hmm, sounds like a hermeneutical principle. It is. <laughs> is it, but that's the goal of this. Right. We, want, we want people to learn these principles that are, that, that are the guardrails of right. correct interpretation. All right, and the last thing we want to do in interpretation is we really want to summarize the passage in a sentence. Mm. Why, why do we want to do that? It helps us ascertain purpose um, where we understand, like, if we can summarize something into one sentence, then that shows us that we have an understanding of what the text has said. So I've I've ironed out what the fallen condition is. I've ironed out what who what God is saying about Himself. Right? I've 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 see the cross references is pointing to one thing. Right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to kind of give a synopsis of what the overall uh, main idea is of that specific text. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And if if you if you can summarize it, you know what it means. Right. If you can take a complex thought and series of thoughts and summarize it in one sentence. Right. Not only do you know what it says, but now you know what it means. Yeah, you have and comprehension. The, and that's what it, interpretation right. is, is, is finding out the meaning. And then we, the, the third, the third step we take is, is application. How does this affect our lives? Oh yeah. I skipped ahead a little bit. That's all right. Oops. That's all right. Uh, so, but you already mentioned a few questions that we right. want to ask for application. Right. Yeah, are there any commands to obey, examples to follow, or examples to follow? So, like, with commands, um, is it say to do something? <laughs> Direct, right. straight up. Yeah. Black and white, hey, uh, forgive the forgive people. You know, like, okay, I need right. to forgive people. Mm-hmm. Um, instant application, um, instant command to obey. Right. And I think this is so important because Jesus said, if, if you love me, mm. you're going to obey my commands. Right. And I don't care if it's Paul writing in the New Testament, James writing in the New Testament, Moses or a prophet writing in the Old Testament. Uh, if, if, if there is a, a direct command, and of course it has to be applicable if it's an Old Testament prophet, right? Sure. Because um, it's a different, different time frame. Uh, but those are Jesus's commands to us. Mm. He wants us to obey those, and the way that we show Jesus our love is by obeying Him. Um, does Stephen? Is every text in the Bible does it contain a command? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. No, I wouldn't. I would say that. E- I wouldn't say that either. But it's leading us to some truth, right? It's leading us to, to some truth because I think truth oftentimes is a motivation. For us to obey Jesus, right. uh, so oftentimes in the New Testament, it'll it'll say why we need to obey, right? Because we don't obey God to be accepted by Him. Mm. You know, we're, we're already accepted in Christ, 
So the reason we obey God is because of what God has done for us. Right. It's 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 a response. Yeah, one one series or type of literature that is hard for me with this is is narratives, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the Bible's telling this kind of story or tracing someone's life, it doesn't really tell you to do anything. You know, it's not no. sermonic at all. Uh, but but that's why we would say, are there any examples to follow? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, we were we were with my kids. We were doing our family worship, and we were who were we looking at? We were looking at King Saul mm. in uh, in First Samuel. Uh, and how he set up a statue for himself in Gilgal, mm. uh, and think, all right, well, what what does this, you know, what what can we gather out of this? So Stephen wants the example for him to follow is to set up his own statue. Yeah, I, 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 got, I, I set up a statue in my house, and you know, uh, no, we, but it was just the idea of like, here's an example of what not to do. Right. We don't build ourselves up. We don't make ourselves great. Right. You know, because it, it does lead to a cross reference. Uh, those who exalt themselves will be brought low, right. but or, those who are humble will be exalted. Or God opposes the oh, proud, yeah. gives grace. I have a friend who says God crushes the proud yeah. and gives grace, grace to the, to the humble. humble. Yeah, But that's why you do cross-references. cross-references, right? All right, so we look for commands to obey. We can draw applications out of that. Mm. We look for examples to follow or not to follow. We can draw application out of that. And then like promises or 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 warnings. Uh, I think that can also be a, a spot for application. Uh, but these are all still pretty general applications. Right. And I think one of the goals to obedience is to move from general application to specific application. Right. So if I said, Neil, love God and love others, go. And that was your application on a Sunday morning. <laughs> People are going to walk away saying, man, that was so biblical. Love God, love others. That's good. Right. But are they actually going to change their lives as right. a result of it? And the answer's no. No. Uh, so we might say like, hey, love God. What godly practices are you engaging in? How are you furthering yeah. your relationship with God? Where are you lacking? Oh, well, I don't, I don't have any time of devotion. Yeah. You know, boom. Hey, that's a way you can love God. Love yeah. others, right? Do, Stephen, do you know your neighbors' names? Exactly. You know. Yeah. So, and, and there's these, these uh, guys. You saw Stephen didn't say yes. I don't know. Oh I yeah. Didn't. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, but it's it's this. It's kind of you can narrow it down like a funnel. You mm-hmm. might start off with love God, and that's very very general. And you right. say, well, love God by being holy, mm. and that's still very general. Then it might be all right. Love God. By being holy, by watching my mouth and what I say. Right. And every time we go down and make it more specific, it's much more graspable. Right. Is that a word? Graspable? Uh, we'll go with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but you can grasp it and actually do right. it. So we got to make these specific. If we've done good good interpretation, right, then we've we discovered the fallen condition, right? And then we can look directly at our own mm-hmm. struggles now, like, well, how do I struggle with unforgiveness? What yeah. specifically is it, you know? And then that can also lead me to an application. So, yeah, so I think that is that is really some of the leads to the other questions that we're asking. Mm-hmm. We ask questions like, does it how does this passage lead me to interact with others? Right. How do I engage with other people at the church? How do I engage with my spouse, with my kids? How do I engage with my friends, coworkers? Right. Uh, and then I think, 
and ask the question, does this text expose any errors in my belief or my behavior? Uh, and we're trying to let the text speak into our life that way. And then the most specific is, what is this text calling me to do right. today? <laughs> you know, like how as can I, I apply walk it? out of here? As I walk out, close my Bible, how, how does it affect my life today? Mm. All right, so we've done observation, interpretation, application. What's the last thing we do? Uh, we should pray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not just, not just a random... Floaty, random prayers. Random prayer. There's nothing wrong with those. Yeah. But when we're doing a study like this, we've just spent time in God's Word. Mm. And so what we want to recommend to people is when you pray at the end of a study like this, you actually pray back God's words to right. him. With one model that's really helpful that you can kind of pair with uh, the scripture you studied is the Acts model, adoration, confession, mm-hmm. thanksgiving, supplication. So you're, you know, if you've looked, what does this text say about God and his grace, right? That's giving you adoration. It shows you who he is, right? So you adore him, you give him adoration, you know, the sovereign king of the universe, who's mm-hmm. love, who's loving and just, who, you know, this is who you say you are in this scripture. I put that in my prayer. Then I confess the ways where I'm lacking, like what, what the text has exposed in me mm-hmm. um, in my fallen condition. I confess those specific things to you, Father. Um, I'm thankful that you show grace. So you move your you move your prayer into a, a, a mm-hmm. lines of thanksgiving, and then supplications. This kind of all in one. What's going on? Petition the Lord uh, moment. But that kind of helps me. I write I write my prayers out mm-hmm. uh, when when I after I study a specific text. That really helps me kind of order my thoughts and look at the scripture closely. As now I'm trying to pray that scripture. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's proven really helpful for me. Uh, if, if you're a uh, squirrely, if you're out there and you're squirrely, like I am with your ADHD, um, you're going to start praying about rainbows and unicorns. And so it's really helpful that yeah. you give yourself some, praying some guardrails. Scripture, praying scripture using the ax model can, yeah. can focus your prayers. Right. All right. Uh, is it possible for us to put show notes on this? Um... I don't know how to do that. We're still noobs at this right. podcast. And I didn't ask you before the podcast right. uh, because I, I do have a worksheet that I made. I think in the podcast this. description, okay, I can maybe put something there. Okay, so that might be the way. Okay, we'll, we'll look. In, we'll look into it. We'll tinker with it. But what I want to do is I want to uh, post a few things. I want to post a blank worksheet. It's like you're going to be back in junior high filling out worksheets. Mm. But it's a blank worksheet that kind of walks you through this method that allows you to write it out as you go along, which I think is helpful. I also have like these phrases that we're using and why we ask these questions. Uh, I can post that as well. And then there's a really good uh, article by Joe Thorne. We, we We use their material quite a bit called the Ransom Bible Study Method, which essentially combines what we talked about today... With spiritual discipline. Yeah, with journaling, right? essentially. Meditation and journaling. Uh, so we'll, we'll try and get those out there to you along with this podcast, uh, just to kind of help train you on how to read your Bible rightly. Right. So you can follow us at 
any social media platform at CC Heights. Um, our sermons are officially not na- any. We're not on Snapchat. Oh yeah, not not the snaps of chats. Yeah, we're on um, the good ones. Face space, um, tw- the tweets in and the gram. Yeah. Yep, at CC Heights, um, and also just want to put out there that our sermons are now also on every major podcast platform but itunes right now we're still working that process mm-hmm. but that is uh cc heights sermons okay um if you're looking for us on spotify or something excellent thanks and, and neil neil and jason worked on that and uh, got it going thanks guys yes, sir. all right until next time uh this is stephen watson and neil grogan with christ community church love to see you on sunday at 9 30 at the ymca in harker heights